0: Good morning. Why well, don't you turn with me to First Timothy? Chapter Four. First Timothy chapter four. Uh, verses seven through ten. But I have nothing to do with worldly fables. "...fit only for old women. On the other hand, discipline yourselves for the purpose of godliness. For bodily discipline is only of little profit, but godliness is profitable for all things, since it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. It is a trustworthy statement deserving full acceptance." For it is for this we labor and strive, because we have fixed our hope on the living God, who is the Savior of all men, especially of believers. With today being the first day of the year, I thought it would be helpful to to discuss spiritual disciplines. Uh, This message has been heavily inspired uh, by the book of uh, Spiritual Disciplines of the Christian Life, by Donald Whitney. Uh, several years ago, we actually we went through this book uh, through small groups, uh, and it was a really uh, it was a real help to me. Uh, but it, it has been several years, and so if you haven't read it recently, I would encourage you to at least read through it, to read through parts of it. Uh, again, it's very very helpful. So, actually, a lot of this uh, content is driven uh, from this book here. Um, at the beginning of the book. Uh, Donald, he gives an illustration of a young boy named Kevin who finds that practicing his guitar is drudgery. Kevin would rather skip his music lesson and be outside playing baseball. However, an angel appears to him one day and takes him in in a vision uh, to Carnegie Hall for a guitar virtuoso concert. Kevin is astonished and is in awe at the skill of the guitarist. His own hand can barely make out a few chords, but the fingers of this musician flows smoothly from chord to chord to make beautiful music. The angel asked Kevin what he thought, and all that he could say was, Wow! The angel continued to tell Kevin that the vision he saw was actually him in a few years. Then, pointing at the guitar the angel declared but you must practice having this uh, having this vision did not instantaneously turn kevin into a virtuoso this musical expert this vision gave kevin direction for discipline as donald says in his book discipline without direction is drudgery whether you are a new christian or if you've been a Christian for many years each of us has the desire to mature in the Christian life where do you want to be in 1 year 5 years or 10 years down the road do you have a vision of where you want to be and how you can get there Romans 8:28 verse uh, through 30 says and we know that God Causes all things to work together for good to those who love God and to those who are called according to his purpose. For those whom he foreknew, here's the key, he also predestined to become conformed to the image of his Son, so that he would be the firstborn among many brethren. And these whom he predestined, he also called, and these who he called, he also justified. And these whom he justified, he also glorified. And again, the amazing thing in this section here is we go and we talk about how God predestined us from the beginning of time. Before the world began, he predetermined us and he called us. Uh, And then he not only called us, but he justified us. And then where does it skip to? So we're saved, we're justified, and then it points directly to heaven. And then we will be glorified. Well, what happened in between? What's happening in between? Again, at the very beginning of this section, it says, He also predestined us to become conformed to the image of his Son. So Paul tells us that we would be conformed to the image of his Son. This conformity is not an option or a possibility But a certainty. God who causes all things to work together for good has an end design for you. It's as if God has a picture of Christ in front of us, or excuse me, in front of him, and he is molding and forming you into that likeness. This project will not be completed until we see Christ face to face, when he appears, and we will be made like him. So John says there in 1 John, Christ's likeness will be you in a few years. The question, though, is how? How will we be conformed to Christ if God has already predetermined it to happen? Should we just kick back our feet and just assume that maturity should just happen. In, in some ways, this hyper-Calvinistic view of the Christian life. I don't have to do anything. God will just do it. I have no choice in it at all. No responsibility. I just need to sit back and God will do all the work for me. Do we have any responsibility in our maturity? Absolutely. God has predestined that you will be conformed to Christ, but he has also commanded that you work towards this goal. I might actually pause here for just a moment. I meant to say here at the beginning that really the drive of, of this message is not just for I mean it's it's for all of us, whether you are young or old, but particularly thinking of the youth. And 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 here you have years in front of you. Where do you want to be? So Philippians 2, uh, chapter, or chapter 2, excuse me, Philippians chapter 2, verses 12 through 13, it says, So then, my beloved, just as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who is at work in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure." This doesn't say work for your salvation, obviously, but to work it out. The word work out means to carry something through. This implies that a work of salvation has already occurred. This is an exhortation to Christians alone. God has already saved you and is working out the fruit of salvation in your life. God is working in us at the level of, Of our desires and at the level of our will to action. He is at the work in you to both will and to work for His good pleasure. Paul uses this as an incentive to work out the salvation in you. So, again, this command from Paul to all of us, if you are believers, Paul says to each of us, whether you are young or old. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Carry this through. God has already done a work in your life. God has already saved you. But we have a responsibility to carry this through. What do we do then? God has said that he will conform me after Christ, but is also asking me to work towards that goal. How do we do that? What things should we do to encourage spiritual maturity unto holiness? Again, we get back to this section here that we read in 1 Timothy. Paul tells Timothy to ignore worldly fables, but rather discipline discipline himself for the purpose of godliness. Set aside earthly distractions and set your attention on heavenly things. We are commanded to discipline ourselves. This word discipline is actually where we get the word gymnasium. What happens in a gym? Exercise, right? People are exercising their bodies in various ways, right? Either you're running to kind of build up your cardio or lifting weights, um, emphasizing certain parts of your muscles, strengthening yourself. You are doing something. It's like Paul is telling us to go run spiritually and lift spiritual weights. We are to push ourselves spiritually. Again, that's what exercise is, is exercise pleasant to your body. Not necessarily. No, it's not. It's not necessarily fun at first. But what are, what are you called to do? You are called to push yourself. Okay? And so again, you have this idea of exercising, pushing yourself to healthiness. Paul is actually commanding us to push yourselves to spiritual discipline, to push yourself to maturity, to push yourself to godliness. Godliness. How then do we push ourselves spiritually? How do I grow spiritually mature? How do I become mature? How do I grow up? How can I exercise myself spiritually? Spiritual maturity does not come automatically. Again, like a healthy body doesn't necessarily come automatically. It is not like stepping onto an escalator. All you have to do is take one step and you can make it to the top. Actually, growing in spiritual maturity is more like trying to make it to the top with the escalator going the opposite way. The world, the flesh, and the devil are pulling you down while you are trying to move upwards. Practicing spiritual disciplines will be difficult. They are difficult. It wouldn't be exercise, again, if it was easy. Again, each of us experience fatigue, right? You wake up in the morning and you're tired, drowsy, or again, uh, something happening in the night. You don't get a full night's rest. Or again, if you're like us and you have small children, there's lots of distractions. You have full intentions on sitting down and, and reading, and then you're distracted. Things happen. Or again, you might have obligations where you have to get up early and do things. Again, all of us have... These things surrounding us. All of us live busy lives. But what is the what is um, what is important is the end goal. As Donald says here, discipline without direction is drudgery. Again, discipline without direction is drudgery. It becomes difficult. So again, what is our what is the question? What is our direction? Godliness. Like God. To be like God. In order to be like God, we need to have God in front of us. Our focus needs to be on the pursuit of a person and not the completion of a task. Again, you know, it's kind of like if you're you're, you're running. You know, on a track or something, you have to have your eyes set on the goal that is in front of you. Otherwise, what? You're going to get off track, get off course. If you're not watching when you're lifting weights, what's going to happen? You're going to get hurt. right? You have to have your focus on the end goal. So, yes, our lives are busy. Yes, there are days when it is hard to discipline yourself. It is hard, and there's things that constantly come up around us and cause our eyes to get off. But again, what is our focus? What should our focus be? Jesus Christ. We should have our eyes set upon Christ. Christ is the pursuit in these spiritual disciplines. Set him in front of you and run after him if then christ is our motivation to grow spiritually again we still have this question at hand what do i actually need to do to grow again to exercise what do you do again you have to put on shoes to go running i guess some people run barefoot but you should should run with shoes on Or find weights to lift or various things. And you need to go find something to do to push yourself. So then what are some things that you can do to push yourself spiritually? Well, I would say, I mean, again, each of these spiritual disciplines are important. And and again, pushing you, pushing yourselves in various ways. So it's hard in some ways to necessarily put one above the other, but I I do feel like some of these first couple of ones are maybe more important. Uh, So, the first thing I have to mention this morning is Bible intake. Read. Read the Bible. How are you going to put Christ in front of you if you are not reading the Bible? Okay? Where are you going to go? God has called us, again, in this pursuit of Him. Where are you going to find Him? It's right in front of you. You have a Bible. Right, God has blessed us, each of us, with a Bible. Read it, consume it. It takes about three or four chapters a day to read for an, to read the whole Bible in the course of a year. Surely we can do that, right? It's not, I mean, it, it, again, we have we have days where it's difficult, and, and it may be difficult to read three to four chapters a day. But you can actually maybe catch up on another day or even if it takes a year and a half or even two years. Again, the pursuit is right in front of us. Where is Christ? Where do you go? Right here. Read the Bible. Do like a Bible reading plan or something. Again, to kind of get yourself in the Bible to read. I was um, uh, in in my studies, heard about a man who... who, um, He had an unfortunate accident, was in an explosion, and he actually lost his limbs and lost his eyes. So he couldn't see, he couldn't feel, so how could he read the Bible? And he heard about somebody um, in in, in England who uh, was able to teach herself to read Braille by her lips. And so he tried it, but he realized that actually his Uh, In the explosion, he actually lost the sensitivity to his lips. But while he was doing that, he recognized that he was actually still able to feel with his tongue. And so this man, who can't see, has no arms to actually read and maybe to read, reading the entire Bible through several times with his tongue. It's like, man, that ought to rebuke us, right? Surely, if he can read with his tongue... Surely I can I can sit down and read. But again, it's not this drudgery of just having to go through, you know, yes, I gotta check this off and read chapter by chapter. Again, here we have the word of God. We have words of eternal life right in front of us. We have this opportunity. Again, where do you want to be in a few years, in the next year? Consume the Bible. Read it through equip yourself next thing is hear the Bible where do you go to hear the Bible well here is one place uh, on, on Sunday mornings but also again brothers we have this great opportunity when else in time have we been able just at a click of a button to have millions of sermons at our fingertips You can go and listen to many, many great sermons about the Word of God, something that you're dealing with, struggling with, something in particular that you're studying to learn more about it. You can find it online very easily. Okay, listen, listen, hear the Word. But that's also, actually, Jesus actually commands it too. Be careful how you listen. How do you hear the Word of God? Do you prepare your heart for it? Are are you actually listening and, and abiding by Christ's command to be careful how you hear? So like being attentive to what you are listening to. And I think the idea there of what he's saying is not just simply just be careful what you listen to, but also are you obeying it? Right Hear, not just listening, but obeying it. You need to consistently place yourself in front of hearing the Word of God being spoken. Study. This can bring a deeper understanding to what's in front of you. Again, I mean, we can go through and we can read the whole entire Bible, which is great, and you need to do that to get the full counsel of God. But in many ways, what studying does, so like reading across the Bible, it's like you get, in some ways, kind of like an inch deep. But whenever you study the Word of God, you can actually dig down deeper, and it can really open your eyes to, and, and can really amaze you at the depth of, of the, the gold mine in front of you. And, and things just start clicking. It's like you start studying, and then it's like, Oh, wait a minute here, there's this other section here that, that you know, Lord, you open this up to me, and now I recognize this. I, I, I understand this more now. And so it actually solidifies your understanding of the Bible. So don't just simply read through it, but actually stop at times and study and ponder. Next thing is memorizing. I want to give another plug to um, uh, Desiring God. Actually, they have what's called fighter verses. Okay, and it, it's something that I've I've gone through. And they actually have uh, over the course of five years, uh, probably actually about close to almost 500 verses. So they actually every week you are introduced to a, a new section of verses. It could be one verse or three verses. It, it just depends. Um, and and they have several ways of memorizing scripture. Again, you can uh, type it in or, or uh, you know, announce it or however how you want to do that. So there, there's many different tools out there in memorizing scripture. Why is that important? Why is it important to memorize scripture? Again, I think there if uh, Pilgrim's Progress, again, yet another plug. If you haven't read Pilgrim's Progress, you should read Pilgrim's Progress. But you have Christian and Hopeful there. They get off track, and they get stuck in Doubting Castle. And what happens? How do they get out of Doubting Castle? All of a sudden, Christian remembers, I have this key that is hidden inside my chest pocket that can open up any door in Doubting Castle. So what, is, what was John Bunyan saying there? Memorize. What did a Christian do? He hid these keys of promises in his chest pocket, in his heart. So that when time arises, he actually had it available. And yes, it is true, sometimes you forget about that. And you start struggling. And you start getting depressed. And then all of a sudden it's like, of course, there's this verse. God, you did say this. And I can hang on this verse. And at the right time, God gives you that verse. Because why? I memorized that verse. I actually disciplined myself. And I remembered these things. And I hid them in my heart. Memorization is actually easier than you think it is. A lot of people just put it off. Oh, it's just too difficult. I can't memorize anything. Have you actually given it a try? Have you actually sat down? Again, the fighter verses through uh, desiring God, it might take you five minutes. Five to ten minutes, maybe. It just depends. Do you have five to ten minutes in a day? Probably so. I I would say that you probably do. But again, why? This is not going to be drudgery for you if you have Christ in front of you. And I guarantee, guarantee, If you hide God's word in your heart, you will not be disappointed. There will be times when it's going to come out. Not every single verse that you memorize will you always bring it out later on. Yes, I I, I can say that. But a a number of the verses will come up in times of need. So memorization. Also think of... um, I think it's a Dawson Trotman, right? The the, the founder of the Navigators. And I think he was delivering lumber in, in Los Angeles. And so while he was working, delivering lumber, what was he doing? Memorizing. So while he was at work doing something, he was able to memorize scripture. So if you are laboring, if you're driving or if you're at work and able just to kind of do two things at once... Maybe listen to, listen to scripture or something. Something just to kind of put it within you. And actually, I would say this, um, this memorization actually leads into this next thing of meditation. Um, meditating on the word of God. Because whenever you start memorizing the word of God, what happens? You start thinking about it, actually. So that, so if you're running through and trying to memorize a section of Scripture, you'll find yourself in the day going back to that verse. Isn't that helpful? Isn't it helpful for you throughout the day to be thinking about God's word? Absolutely. I was I remember in uh and memorizing you know, Ephesians 1 and just, just thinking just constantly. You know of just the richness there in Ephesians one and just consuming my mind, and it 's helpful because again, if you are consuming your mind with the Word of God, it actually leaves less room for other things to enter your mind, and so when other things enter your mind, you go back immediately to the Word of God and so memorization again helps you with meditating on the Word of God, thinking about God, what did you say? And it can actually lead you to the next thing of applying the word of God. Because again, if you are reading the word of God, hearing the word of God, memorizing the word of God, meditating on the word of God, it'll help you in application. But while you are reading the word of God, there are oftentimes some questions that you can have while you are reading. So again, the the goal, what is the goal? Christ to be Christ-like, to be godly, right? So when you read the word of God and reading what God, what 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 do you have to say to me? Of course, it's good to pray, to ask God for help in reading, but there's oftentimes some questions that you can ask. And, And again, there's various tools and things that you can use. But what is something that I can believe about God? Is there anything that I can praise or thank or trust God for? Is there anything that I can pray about for myself or others? Is there anything that I should have a new attitude about? Is there anything that I should make a decision about? Or anything should I do for the sake of Christ, others, or myself? So a few things there. Or again, just simply, God, what does this teach you about yourself or myself? That's, that's something simple to, to ask in this section. Just to simply stop and to think. Again, not to simply just to read through. Again, the goal is not to check mark that you've read something, but again, the goal is a person. The next spiritual discipline is prayer. Prayer. Uh, again, I go back to the words of Jesus there in the Beatitudes, and a couple times, what does he say? When you pray. Not if you pray, but when you pray. So is prayer expected? Yes, is prayer expected of you again in this course of godliness, in the course of Christ's likeness? Yes, it is. Paul tells us to devote ourselves to prayer in Colossians four two. He also tells us to pray continually in First Thessalonians five seventeen. It's always good to plan time for prayer. Again, I, I confess at times it can be difficult. You plan for a time and distractions happen. Things happen, right? But yet again, what is the course? Again, and, 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 and you can even throughout the day pray short prayers. Again, this, this idea of constantly This idea of of praying without ceasing, this idea of praying continually. Again, Paul is not telling us that 24-7 we need to be praying. No sleep, no eating, no other things. No, that's not the idea. But the attitude should be we should be continually going before the Lord, training ourselves to continually go before the Lord in prayer. And again, as I mentioned, you know to pray through your Bible intake. You know, again, as you as you go and as you approach the Scriptures, Lord, help me today as I read Your Word. Open Your Word again. You think of Psalm one nineteen. You know, unfold Your Word. You know, unpack it for me. You know, Your words again. They're, they're, there's there's richness that's here. If you read over something, and and you just simply read over it, and you don't get anything out of it. It's like, again, you've missed a gold mine. Like, there's something there that you can get. The same thing here every Sunday. If the word of God is spoken, even if it's simply just reading the scripture, there is something for you to get. Here, listen, pray. Pray for us as we preach, that we would preach the word of God. Pray that your heart would be open to receive the word. God, would you teach me today? May I not go away today, not changed. Again, we have this course in front of us of Christ-likeness, of being like Christ. And it's hard sometimes because, again, you want to jump to the very end. God, I know when I see you face to face, Jesus, when I see you face to face, I will be made like you. But again, This Christ likeness also comes day by day, and it's hard to see this Christ likeness being formed in you day by day, but it does. And it's through these spiritual disciplines. So, again, pray. You know, pray when you are faced with a difficult situation. You know, again, if you are training yourself to pray, your first instinct will be to pray. So, again, when something hard comes your way, what, what, do you, what do you go to? Prayer. God, help me. Even if it's something small like that, Lord, help me. Pray with others. We can learn to pray by praying with other people who can model prayer. How can you pray with others? Well, again, we have prayer meetings, right? We have an opportunity to come and to pray, pray together, and you can learn how to pray at the prayer meetings. You can hear other people pray, and you don't want to simply just mimic them on how they pray, but they can actually teach you to pray. And obviously you go away encouraged. Why? Because you're praying. You're praying to the Lord. So prayer and something else to consider that you can accompany with prayer is fasting. Again, there in the Beatitudes, Jesus says, when you fast. So again, fasting is expected of us. And again, it's, it's kind of like some of these other spiritual disciplines. Are, are, are you fearful of Fasting. Some people in some ways are, are afraid to fast. How am I going to feel? Or is it going to be really hard or really difficult? And yes, I, 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 yes, it's true. <laughs> fasting is not necessarily easy. You know, we, We've trained ourselves to eat three times a day or, or how many ever times a day. We've trained our body in that way. And it can be difficult at times to fast. But what can fasting do? Fasting can actually strengthen prayer. It can help you to seek guidance from the Lord. You can use fasting to confess sin and a desire to restore a right relationship with God. It can reset your heart in relationship with the things of the world. Also, how much are you consuming yourself with the world? How much time are you spending with things in the world? And do you feel this attachment to things of the world? Oh, I can't do without this. Well, maybe you need to fast. And and, and it could be just fasting from that. Fasting is not necessarily always not eating. But you can set this thing aside for a season until you can actually be master over that thing. And that's what Paul tells us to. Let no thing be a master over you. Even food. We are not to be mastered by food, by coffee. We're not to be mastered by coffee. I know, that's hard. (laughs) We, We love coffee. I love coffee. But we can't let coffee be a master over us. Again, I have found myself in seasons Where if I am getting discouraged, or if I start feeling, what do I turn to? I turn to coffee. Maybe I'm I'm getting—I need to, you know, get lightened up, and where you know, kind of get helped in that way. And that's wrong. I should not be going immediately to something else besides Christ. And so I need to beat my body into submission and to fast, in that I might be master over this. And again, with, with fasting with food, again, it, it, it can be hard. And, and, and if you miss some time, what tends to happen, at least for me, is that you, at first you do feel this sense of fogginess about you in fasting. Okay? But then if you can get past the fog, what happens when the fog is gone? It's like it's bright, and you actually have a greater sense of clarity I mean, again, it's like I can testify countless times after you, you, you press through in fasting where it's like you, you really feel the sense of clarity, that you really you, you understand what God is saying in, in this word or just, again, this, the, a fog is gone and, and you can have this nearness with the Lord. So don't be afraid of fasting. And yes, I mean, we are called to, in some ways, to do this in secret, right? But obviously, you have a family, right? And so at times, you might have to let your family know what you're doing, and that's okay. But encourage one another in this. And again, oftentimes, you know, again, in the, in the New Testament, Jesus, you know, this, again, talking about this particular demon, this only comes out with prayer and fasting. Again, fasting oftentimes went alongside with prayer and this, this idea of, of this, I, am, I have this life of prayer and fasting. So I would encourage you to fast. And again, sometimes with, with health, like you need food. okay. And, and like, again, like be mindful of that, and the Lord knows that. But what can you do? There's something that you can do. A few other things that, that uh, uh, Donald mentions here in his book, uh, Worship. To ascribe proper worth to God, worship in spirit and in truth again there in john four twenty three a command of Christ, we are to worship in spirit and truth. What does worship do, and why is this a spiritual discipline? Again, discipline yourself, train yourself in worshiping God, in consistently taking your eyes off of yourself and giving proper worth to Christ. Again, this will help you in the course of maturity. Because again, actually, worship is kind of like a... really kind of at the heart of a lot of these things here. Worshiping in Bible intake. Worshiping in in reading and listening and and, and memorizing Scripture. Because again, if, if reading Scripture... And if praying and even fasting doesn't lead you to worshiping, there's a problem. But we need to cultivate that. We, again, we need to, again, have Christ at the forefront, in front of us. Christ is our goal. Each of us are running after Christ. Also, evangelism. This discipline is also commanded. Jesus says, go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. Just you, disciples, that's it. No, <laughs> it's a command to everybody, right? And again, I would say much like fasting, this is kind of a discipline that's kind of that people can kind of be scared about. It's kind of hard uh, and awkward, right? It's awkward going and approaching somebody. What do I say? How do I... You know, and, and, and you tend to fret so much about that first interaction that you just don't end up doing it. And you are, you are afraid sometimes by what you don't know. But the question is, is not what you don't know, but what do you know? If you are a believer, you know the gospel, Right? You know, at least at the core of the gospel, what has Christ done for you? Okay, well, the next question is, what does it take for somebody to be saved? What does it, what does it take for the word of God or a seed to be planted in somebody's life? Just the core. Who is Christ? Well, I you know, honestly, I can't explain... You know, I can't explain the Incarnation. I can't explain how how, how Jesus can be both God and man and, and, and all of these other things. But you know, I do know something. Christ saved me from my sins. And now I am walk-ness, walking in newness of life. Christ has done something in my heart. That's enough. You don't really have to know a whole lot. Just know something very small and share that. <clears throat> A few other things I'm just going to kind of mention here also is is, is serving, you know. Again, uh, a discipline of service. You know, uh, we have what I, I've always gone back to is actually the Trinity, right? God is called our help, right? Jesus is our helper. Also, the the, the Spirit is our helper. All three of the Trinity serves us in many ways. So is it too light of a thing for you to serve? (laughs) No. But it's a discipline, again, that we can do to help serve. Service can, again, help us to take our eyes off of ourselves onto other people and onto the Lord. Lord, this is hard. It can be hard to serve at times. I just want to do this for you. A few other things also uh, that that Donald mentions, again, is... um, he mentions a kind of stewardship of time and money, kind of disciplining yourself, and and, and um, just, you know, obviously watching your time, you know how you're spending your time, and also money giving. Also, silence and solitude, spending time, disciplining yourself, and getting time alone with the Lord. Uh, journaling, writing things down, encouraging yourself. What what are you feeling? Um, uh, what have you learned? Journaling, and it's an opportunity with that to go back and to. Uh, to think about, you know, look back in the the year and see what has the Lord taught me or or how has the Lord answered prayer. So hopefully after going through this list of disciplines, you're not discouraged, and that's not my goal is to discourage you of, of what you're not doing. Again, all of us have these busy lives and we're constantly on the go, and it sometimes feels impossible to fit these disciplines in your life. But again, a part of our problem is seeing the profitability of discipline. Do you see how profitable it is to discipline yourself? Again, this is not necessarily the best example, uh, but it's just thinking about uh, retirements. Okay, Again, they're not the best one. But uh, you know, if, if I were to start a job, Okay, and, and if I were to, to work for 40 years, okay, if I were to simply put $1 in my retirement now, in 40 years, it would actually grow by 600% if the interest rate is at simply 5%, which is very doable in rates with, with the market. 600%. By $1, 600%. So do you see the value of simply, yes, I mean, you could do something with that dollar now, do it another way, but if I actually put it down now, and if I spend time and, and push this out now, I will actually benefit from it later. And the, the thing is, is that, you know, with, with, uh, with, with saving is you have what's called compound interest. I'm not going to go into economics or anything here, but but basically you earn interest off of interest. You put a little bit in, okay, and it earns interest, and you continually earn interest off of that interest for years to come. And so it's continually compounding, building off of one another. So I put that dollar in now. Tomorrow it might just be worth a dollar and a penny, but then I earn interest, and it's building off of that and growing. So again, these disciplines, in, in, in some ways, is kind of like compound interest. You put in a little bit now, and, and it builds up. And over time, and if you look at, again, 40 years from now, where are you at? It's going to build off of one another. The work that you do in now, you can build off of in a year from now. Again, the memorization that you have may be valuable next year when you are going through a difficult time or another brother or sister is going through a difficult time and you may be able to share a verse that actually helps them and that actually may be the way of escape for them in the midst of the temptation. So do you see how valuable that is, how profitable it is? Disciplining yourself for godliness provides a guaranteed return now and in the future. Again, what Christian has ever said that they regret memorizing scripture? No one. They never will say that it was a waste of time and never proved helpful for them. But in fact, you hear often, man, I wish I would have memorized more verses when I was younger. Another problem that we have is, of course, laziness. Alexander McLaren said, We may have as much of God as we will. I'm going to say that again. We may have as much of God as we will. Christ puts the key of the treasure chamber into our hand and bids us take all that we want. If a man is admitted into a bullion vault of a bank and told to help himself and comes out with one cent, whose fault is it that he's poor? <laughs> Do you get that? So if you're, if, if you're invited to go into a bank and say, take all that you want, take everything that you want, whose fault is it if you walk away poor? It's your fault. Again, it's your responsibility. And again, Christ has given us the key. God has given us the key to these things. Where does Alexander get this idea from? Well, if you want to turn to me with me here to 2nd Peter, 2nd Peter chapter 1 2 Peter chapter 1 uh, verse 2 starting in 2 Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord seeing that his divine power has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness through the true knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence for by these things he has granted to us his precious and magnificent promises, so that by them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world by lusts. Now for this very reason also, applying all diligence. In your faith, supply moral excellence, and in your moral excellence, knowledge. And in your knowledge, self-control, and in your self-control, perseverance. And in your perseverance, godliness. And in your godliness, brotherly kindness. And in your brotherly kindness, love. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they render you neither useless nor unfruitful in the true knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he who lacks these qualities is blind or short-sighted, having forgotten his purification from his former sins. Therefore, brethren, be all the more diligent to make certain about his calling and choosing you. For as long as you practice these things, you will never stumble. For in this way, the entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, will be abundantly supplied to you. There's a lot here in this verse, these verses here. But a few things here. Again, Christ has given us this key. And again, this idea that we may have as much of God as we will, as we want, as we truly desire. Verse 3 there. Seeing that his divine power has granted to us a few things pertaining to life and godliness. Does he say that? No. Seeing that his divine power has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness. So what is he saying here? What is Peter saying by the power of god his divine power god himself with all omnipotence with all strength with all wisdom through the holy spirit has what given you believer everything everything pertaining to life and godliness meaning What do you need for life in your life right now? What do you need in this course of godliness? What do you need to be conformed to the image of Christ? Are you lacking anything? Do you actually have a desire to be Christ-like? Are you struggling With anything in your life? Are you struggling with any sin? What is holding you back in godliness? It's right here in front of us. His divine power has granted to you everything pertaining to life and godliness, it's here. He has granted us these things. And again, he goes on in verse 4. For for by these he has granted us his precious and magnificent. It's splendid. These splendid promises. So that by them. So you kind of have this idea of, you know, okay, so how, how do I, you know, he's granted to me everything pertaining to life and godliness. How? 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 By these magnificent promises that he has given us so that by them you may become partakers of the divine nature to become like Christ a part of this divine nature so through these precious promises so again we kind of bring this all together here Okay, well, how do I get these precious promises? Where do I get them from? Read your Bible. It's right here. It's right in front of you. Read it. Okay, well, how will I how will I remember it? Memorize, Memorize. Memorize the Bible. Memorize these promises. Again, like Christian hiding it into his heart. And again, a part of it is this meditation where you stick it into your heart, deep into your heart. Pray. Pray it through. Pray these promises. Again, I'm struggling in the sin. Then what do you do? Pray this promise. God, you said this. So I am praying this promise that you've given to me. So again, all of this, again, you know, God, again, has, he, he, he's predestined us that we would be conformed to the image of Christ. He is actively working in us both to will and work for his good pleasure. And God has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness. But again, you have to understand, again, kind of that illustration of the escalator. Life is like that. It, the devil, the flesh, the world—it's like it's pulling you down. You will have to discipline yourself. You have to motivate yourself, you know. And and confess, God, God, I, I'm struggling. I don't have motivation, and and that's often that often happens. I find myself, God, I'm struggling in this. Like I I am not desiring you as I want to then what should I do? I should discipline discipline myself and fast, maybe. And when that happens, when I fast, that again resets my mind and gets me to look at the person of Christ. And again, that puts that, that, that person or that purpose of discipline in front of me. So that way, disciplining yourself does not become drudgery. And then you, you would just toss it by the wayside. So again, God has given us these tools, these ways to discipline ourselves. And again, wherever you're at, young person in the faith, use them. Lean into them. Ask for help in it. Ask an older person. You know, I'm struggling and praying. How do I pray you know, or, or, you know, let's go through the Bible together. Let's, you know, can you read with me? or wh- Whatever it may be. But again, it, each of us, again, we need to have Christ at the end. And our desire is to grow in godliness and to become like him. Vance Havner said that the alternative to discipline is disaster. So if we are not disciplining ourselves and lazy in these disciplines, what's going to happen? Disaster, right? I mean, yes, if, if you miss one day, again, like uh, you, you don't want this to be a, a ritual and, and worship these disciplines. That's not, that's not the key. That's not the goal. Christ is the goal. But again, the course of your life, you need to be disciplining yourself and go back to these things. And again, a real big, I mean, again, we all understand, and I think we should understand these ideas of listening to the Word of God, reading the Word of God in prayer. But again, I really want to exhort you guys to begin, or if you haven't, fast. Fast. Memorize. These things have been very helpful. These have helped me in my Christian life. So I just wanted to encourage you with these things. But again, also, what we also have, again, what does Peter say here? This divine power has granted to us. So are are we by ourselves in these things? No, we're not. What do we have? Well, we have his divine power actually helping us. We have the Holy Spirit helping us. So we can pray for the Holy Spirit that the Holy Spirit would help us and to encourage us and to help us as we walk day by day in these disciplines. And again, we also have each other to keep each other accountable. How are you doing in reading? You know What are you learning? Uh, what has God taught you? How's your prayer life going? Ask. Ask each other these questions. And really, that's a a part of also why we have these fellowship meals. Again, times of of fellowshipping with one another, it ought to be an opportunity to encourage one another in faith, but also to ask questions, deep questions. What are you struggling with? And, And just be forthright. Sometimes you just have to kind of get over the awkwardness of it. And just just be very, you know, get straight to the heart and skip all the little side questions, you know. Just ask them. They say, you know, you ask, how are you doing? And they say, good. No, how are you doing? (laughs) You You have to dig a little bit further. So again, brothers and sisters, again, in this, it's like we need each other to keep accountable to one another for the purpose of godliness and again, this reliance upon the Holy Spirit. We need each of you in being faithful in these things, in disciplining yourself. You, you may not realize, again, you may be young, and you may not realize, I'm not going to be able to encourage the church because I'm young. That's, that's foolish. That's, that's wrong. That's, that's a wrong idea. Don't, don't believe that. Don't believe that at all. You can encourage me in the word of God and help me. It may be the very thing that I need to press on today. So don't feel discouraged on that. And so I, like, I need you to be faithful in these things, to discipline yourself. But again, all of us, again, I've said this multiple times, again, the focus is Christ. So why don't we pray here? Father, we come and, Lord, we, we lay these things on you. Lord, we, we ask for help. Lord, again, we can look back this past year and we can confess uh, times in which we have failed in these disciplines. Times when I, I you know I should have been quicker to pray and I didn't. Um, times when I, I failed in reading. Uh, times when, you know, w- whatever it may be. Uh, again, Lord, we, we are going to fail in this. But, Lord, we are so thankful, Lord, that you love us and that you've forgiven us. And that it, it's not this idea that we, we have to do this to earn our salvation. We're not keeping, in, in, in some sense, our salvation by doing these things either. We are saved by faith. We are saved through grace, through the blood of Jesus Christ. Lord, we we look to you for our help in these things. Lord, we look ahead. And Lord, we we pray that next year, uh, next year at this time, that we might be able to look back and say, Lord, you helped us. You helped me. And I can see growth in my life. And again, we we may not feel it through this day-to-day discipline, you know, these day-to-day disciplines. We may not really truly see it, but if we look back, Look backwards over the years, we can see how we've grown and, and this growth comes through these disciplines. So Lord, we we ask for help. Holy Spirit, please come and breathe life into us. Lord, help us not to uh again simply get distracted and kind of look to the uh the the, the checking of these things off, but that we would really have a fire within us in this pursuit of you, pursuit of knowing you, spending time with you, and and understanding you. So, Lord, again, we, we need help day by day just to read, to pray, to be faithful in these things. Please remind us and help us to keep us accountable, each of us accountable. Amen.